Welcome to Slam the Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court and CPS issues. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie, and I'm going to let you all know that uh, next month to honor alienated parents on International Parental Alienation Awareness Day, Epiphany Awaits is offering a faith-based retreat for alienated parents with both in-person and a Zoom option on April 23rd through the 25th, 2021 at the Resolution Center in Jacksonville, Florida. Only $100 for a weekend of support for the journey with speakers, including Dr. Mark, who's totally awesome, Mark Roseman, and other professionals focused on guidance, friendship, and compassion. Sitting is limited and discount applies to registration before March 15th. And after March 15th, it will be $125 registration fee. Scholarships are available. Email requests for application and registration form to epiphaniesawait at gmail.com. Let the healing begin at the at the from the sorrow to the strength retreat and hope to see everyone there next month okay so i've got a guest back on cheryl kennedy how are you doing i'm doing well marianne how are you tonight uh, well i i don't know because where is the national security where is it <laughs> I, I don't I, know what the national security is in this country. As far as I'm concerned, there is no national security. And we haven't had national security in a long, long time. And uh, I, I recently actually have been lured into the national security operations in an unusual way, which I'm not even going to really expand upon because they are very unusual. <laughs> But, uh, and, and I wonder, so uh, from our last show, and I was saying there is no national security, if there's any relevance, I don't know. But, uh, you know, right now, our courts have had no national security, and our politicians, you know, there's a, a serious problem where I've been really speaking up with the New York legislature because there's a lot going on with Andrew Cuomo, the governor right now, uh, to impeach him. And actually he should go out in cuffs too. And, uh, and I have been involved in my own personal criminal conspiracy between mm -hmm. Cuomo and uh, Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was in California and Kamala Harris, besides a lot of other people. And I had gotten defrauded by an attorney in 2004. Her name's Eileen Avila at San Mateo Superior Court and a fraud on the court scam, which the last time I didn't know what a fraud on the court is, but that's when the mechanics of the courts are not operating because they're too corrupted. And then it's the like the judicial machinery of the courts um, are inoperable or corrupt. And um, a judge is involved in the scheme on a commissioner, Richard Dubois, who's now titled judge. And it led from me, to me, due to the corruption, also by the State Bar of California, which was completely inoperable, it led to my subpoenaing Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger and even Attorney General Jenny, Jerry Brown to a jury trial that gets violated of Attorney Eileen Avila. And she had an international uh, law firm called Wilson Elster Moskowitz Edelman and Dicker. The Wilsons were involved in my case and they are international bar attorneys. And if you pulled up international bar attorney on Wikipedia, it's gonna mention how international bar attorneys are, they're, um, 
they their allegiance is to the crown. That is who their allegiance is. And if they also mention bar associations, so we have Britain as a big usurper into the attorney system. Uh, and so we have attorneys as Governor Andrew Cuomo is an attorney, Kamala Harris is an attorney. There is an issue called titles of nobility, which would be the Esquire, which also ties to Britain. So you, you don't stole know my thunder. You st allegiance. <laughs> you stole my thunder. Uh, Esquire, the title of nobility, Article 1, Section 9, Clause 8, PA Article 24, referencing titles of nobility, 13th Amendment, switched 1800 on up Virginia, last date to originate. Uh-huh. Okay. Thank you for that. I'm sorry to mean to, to interrupt, but it's like no, you mentioned titles of nobility. that's great that you gave you know, a definition of it. And so the question is, even in, in for years, you know, and a lot of people wouldn't normally know that a bar attorney has an allegiance to Britain and the crown. So you have to say to yourself, like even the military, like at the National Security uh, Office, you know, they have about a hundred uh, uh, people in their general counsel and I've recently become more acquainted with the inspector general there. His name is Robert Storch. And, you know, I've said, well, I hope everybody there is taking a new oath of office because if you look at their website, it says they're honoring the Constitution, which we know the Constitution is not being adhered to and abided by in our court system pretty much overall. And uh, bar attorneys are in all these different positions. And in corporations, they're everywhere bar attorneys. So right now, with this whole issue going on with Andrew Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo came into my case in 08 and as attorney general. And everybody, I, you know, I used to say no jurisdictional jokes, but now I just call them no jurisdictional jackasses because everyone, if you go to somebody, even an attorney general's office, their office is a no jurisdictional jackass office. And Andrew Cuomo, I have a letter from him that states that <laughs> from 2008. And he's gone on now to be the governor for many years. And my, I, my case actually went to New York in a foreclosure, uh, which became, it, it's the whole situation has become so terroristic in the uh, Elster County, New York, where I could literally take down, I don't know, just over this one foreclosure for, I don't know if it's 40, 50 people. I don't know. It's a lot of people. It's, they became such terrorists with me, these people, both at my home, stalking me, breaking in my property numerous times. And that doesn't serve as due process to alter my identity uh, for a second time by the county clerk, Nina Postapuck. Um, to um, steal my home, and she alters my identity to a car judgment for a, a business called Auto Factors, and uh, it ends up that she also alters my property address, and there's no due process whatsoever. And then I get assaulted uh, going to jail, taking up my rights, my Fourth and Fifth Amendment rights, and I go to jail, and I'm just assaulted the whole time there. So actually right now, Attorney General Letitia James, who came into the position only about maybe a year or two ago, uh, she actually is handling a wrongful conviction for me. 
So it's actually the first time I've had anybody that I know of looking at my case, even though I know the feds have been involved in my case, but no one ever does anything for years. So I, I've never seen the FBI, the U.S. Department of Justice, or anybody uh, take any authority for anything. So right now that she has that, I've been making a variety of comments with um, some of the legislatures in New York. And also I bring in California to Attorney General uh, Xavier Basara, who replaced Kamala Harris. And uh, I've been doing this for months now, actually. And even when Trump was still in office and I had written uh, Trump and a few different segments of the military, you know, that we really need to have our courts and our, really our whole country uh, restored back to a, our constitutional republic. So, but, uh, so in some of what's very interesting, Andrew Cuomo's situation has been exploding more and more. And generally, if you understood New York, the only time people leave New York in their positions is over sexual issues or, se you know, right now uh, he's has more and more each day. He has new people coming out with, uh, you know, he, you know, he didn't, he didn't necessarily assault them, but he made inappropriate gestures or different things that were sexual in nature. And, you know, people are upset about it. So one of my comments the other day, which was pretty hysterical, I thought, was I happened to see a story where Attorney General James had to get a referral from Cuomo's office that she could investigate his office, um, you know, with subpoena power and things of that nature for these sexual complaints. And so I started a big thing saying, referral, you know, I was calling the Speaker of the House, Carl Heasty out, do you need a referral to impeach? Um, do we, well, we, do we need a referral for someone to arrest some, a crook or terrorist on the payroll? Because no one ever does anything. So I was making a very big joke about referrals. And, uh, you know, so, and right now it was also very interesting. There was a, um, there are, there was an assemblyman, his name is Laylor, and he had come out, and I didn't realize at the time, I had signed a petition for impeachment, and uh, it ended up, I got uh, feedback, I had already started at the same time, and I was adding him into my correspondence, uh, and so, you know, they had supposedly gotten the votes to impeach, but then, you know, I saw something the other day, like they didn't have the votes, so I'm not really sure where that is exactly. But uh, for Speaker Heasty, see, what's interesting is Speaker Heasty, I brought into my situation back in 2015. So there isn't a, a part here, and I even said in my, my, one of my emails, I said, Speaker Heasty, I know when you see me, you're going, oh, crap, because <laughs> here I'm coming in, like, well, we got this big cover-up going on here with Cuomo for how many years, just in my own matter, plus how many other people are being terrorized in the, in the whole New York court system for years, nevertheless, California, and no one takes any responsibility. One of the things that Layler had um, on his website, which I thought was very interesting, was uh, he really exposed this kickback scheme that tied into banking, um, where he wasn't taking this, this money um, from this com you know, committee or whatever tied to banking, which then shows that people are taking some sort of kickback 
and it's questionable how many kickback schemes there are going on in the legislature. And so uh, the other day I made comments. I said, I, I was assigning people duties. I, I asked a, a Senator Hinchy, she's new. She's also a representative of Ulster County. I asked her to check and find out um, who in the Senate is an attorney, because I'm really taking up this oath of office with all the attorneys in the legislature and who, what is their allegiance? Is it to Britain? What is even Cuomo's allegiance or um, James's allegiance, you know? Um, and actually I asked Layler, the assemblyman, I asked him to draft up a new oath of office because I said, I don't know what anybody's doing, but you all should be abiding by the constitution. Our courts should not be the shambles that they are. And this is coming out of you also. The judiciary members should all be arrested and probably some of you too. And so I asked him to do that. And um, I asked another assemblywoman, Gunther, to go about and find all the different kickback scams that are going on in these you know, schemes in the legislature. You know, and I said, no, no more quid uh, pro quo because um, you know, that can't exist. So I look at Cuomo, you know, I used to work on Wall Street for many years. And so like when the whole foreclosures were going to happen, I mean, I knew that was being set up to be a debacle with the derivatives, everything. And, and, and Cuomo was actually involved in like the late 1990s, early 2000 with the Clinton administration. And he was one of the, he was like the HUD secretary at the time, housing and urban development. But he was also an instrumental part with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac in starting like um, getting like people who were poor to help them get mortgages, things like that, which is another big part of the disaster with the foreclosures. And so I, I call him the banking puppet because if you knew New York politics, there was, before Cuomo came in, was Elliot Spitzer. And he was the first attorney general, and then he was governor. And, and I think this came down from Cuomo, because Cuomo was Spitzer's um, attorney general for this part of, part of time, that um, Spitzer got caught uh, in, like, he, he ha you know, supposedly had sex with this woman who was involved with some sort of prostitution. And so it ended up, Spitzer ended up resigning. He was married, he resigns, but he was also known Spitzer as to be like a sheriff of Wall Street, okay? So now you took Spitzer out and who comes in? Now already Cuomo was in there as the attorney general, but his scheme really, I think, was to become governor. So that's why he wanted uh, Spitzer out of the way and so when everything really started to collapse around that 2007 time frame, 2008, um, you know, he could have done a lot to really take up issues with the New York bankers. And he didn't. He really didn't. And if I was, I, I was mentioning, because I had listened to him in an interview not long ago, and he, one, of, one of the things Cuomo will do is he'll make a statement, but it's really like what he leaves out. It's like, I took on AIG, which to me never should have been bailed out. Um, and he'll take on Bank of America. But Bank of America, their headquarters for banking is in one of the Carolinas. I can't remember which one. I think it's North Carolina. But he really didn't take on the New York bankers. 
And uh, so that, I think Spitzer would have if he stayed in office. And then they brought in, um, when, when uh, Cuomo became governor, now he's governor in there for many years now, at least, at least 10 years, I'd say. Um, they had brought in uh, Eric Schneiderman to be the attorney general. And he actually came from the Senate. So he came from the New York State Senate, but they took him out maybe about two years ago, also over supposedly sexual um, abuse to women. So that was the story about him and, and they took him down finally. But he was to me always pretty worthless as an attorney general. And even I sent him at one point because I had the county clerk, she was blocking my, I wanted to fight back. I had sued, see I had sued Jamie Dimon, uh, who's, who's a big New York banker and part of the whole banking crisis really. I look at him as one of the key bankers in that besides others. But, uh, and Alan Greenspan, of course, there's a lot of people that have a great deal of fault in the whole creation of that whole forced closure scheme to, with the derivatives and everything and the easy lending and all that to, to implode. But um, the, what was I gonna, I was gonna say something in particular um, about, uh, um, Oh, so like I had sued Jamie, this is it. I had sued Jamie Dimon. Now I never even had a contract with JP Morgan Chase. I had my, my original mortgage with Wachovia. And I had actually at the time, back in 2008 when I was in the scheme, I had actually begun writing Jamie Dimon and his, his CFO Kavanaugh because of my issue I had and I had people stealing my house and everything. So I had been complaining to him directly and I told them that Wilson Elser was in this. And I actually got a letter because they refused to pay, take mortgage payments from me. And they were only really a service provider. They're not really, um, I never had a contract with them or anything. And this goes into a lot with the, the, the uh, mortgage electronic registration system and all this and how they sell these mortgages and all this. But really people don't have contracts and you don't have to sign on with these contracts either. So, but I, I my case, got dismissed uh, back in 2008 when uh, Nina Postapuk was first caught altering my identity uh, to this, this scheme to a car judgment that was also in the county clerk's office. And they had brought in uh, an insurance company, which the insurance company dumps them because of her breach of fiduciary duty to be altering my identity. And so there's a lot of different things and the sheriff's department served charges on her. So they really never could ever foreclose on me. And even though they do, and it's also, they sell it to Fannie Mae and Fannie Mae had collapsed, was a defaulted, you know, so Fannie Mae has really no, uh, after they defaulted, they really have no lawful right to any of these properties, but of course they make like they do, you know, and this is all part of the banking system. You know, there's so many different aspects of this. So Andrew Cuomo, besides the sexual abuse claims, you know, there's other claims going on right now with uh, an assemblyman, Ron Kim. And Ron Kim had had uh, Andrew Cuomo, I guess, phone him, and he felt threatened that, that Cuomo was threatening him over the phone. And actually, Kim also lost an uncle who died from COVID. And there's also a reporter from Fox News, Janice Dean, and she had her in-laws die. And there was an issue because there was this cover-up 
about some of the issues that go on with um, people going back into the nursing homes from hospitals, you know, but, and Cuomo became, you know, Mr. Guru, you know, you know, or, you know, we call him, you know, some people in New York call him Il Duce, Il Duce Cuomo, um, you know, the dictator, um, because of COVID and how they took over, um, you know, being able to, uh, you know, they have all their own um, executive privilege, you know, power and things of this nature. Now, one of the things to me that Andrew Cuomo should have always been doing, and even Kamala Harris, is they know they could have been correcting these courts and the situation for years, but they do nothing. And so, you know, the tyranny and abuse has just gotten worse and worse and worse. And some of these counties are just so corrupted beyond measure. So right now, um, you know, I, at the end of the, I've been calling for both states to be taken over by the military. And, uh, you know, because, you know, and actually all states really, because, of the, there's so many other usurpers that are in the country besides the bar, but right now I've really been leaning on everybody to really prove their oaths of office and their allegiance um, because I think it's really critical at this juncture, especially with you know Cuomo in this position too, plus the cover-up to my case directly with Schwarzenegger and everybody else. And uh, you know, nevertheless, all the other corruption that has he has going on in the state. So it's going to be very, so of course, you know, that's not spoken about, but uh, it's at a critical junction, I feel here, where Cuomo is really a critical key person to take out and expose what's going on in our court system. And I feel that Attorney General James, uh, I've been leaning on her that I want an answer like now you know, because you're interfering in my life still with this whole wrongful conviction. And, uh, you know, it really needs to hit head here. And even if they come in the military, I've been calling and noting national security to come in. And I, I do hope they do. I think it, it's really at this point we, that we just can't keep going on. And the other thing, uh, there's been some issues, some things going on with San Mateo County, which is the other county I, I, my case comes from in California. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the other points is I was saying, both in both of my cases, the criminals in these counties really create the incident. And like there's a little boy out on Staten Island who died. Um, it's a very corrupt case of a little boy named Thomas Valve. I don't know if you heard of that case. Yes. And, um, but you know, Suffolk County also is extremely corrupt. And even like the setup for his murder trial, it's already being very corrupted. I, I was saying to Attorney General James, I said, you cannot have that, that case cannot be tried there. And you, you, and this is really in all these types of cases. If you look at the, I, I know they were doing some shakeup in the George Floyd case in, 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 uh, in Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota, um, what is it called? Uh, the, 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 the county there. Um, not Minneapolis. Missouri. Um, yeah. Missouri. Is Missouri? No. What is the, the county he's from? The state? The George Floyd case. Oh. Oh. Um, I, I, it's not Minneapolis. I don't know why I want to say Minneapolis, but is it Minneapolis? I'm like, I don't know if I'm getting myself mixed up with it. 
Let me but see. even Let the Breonna see. Taylor case that's down in Kentucky, um, you know, all these cases where the police are involved. Uh, and so in San Mateo, what I'm saying, there's been these two cases this week, two corrupt cases that are tied to the sheriff's department that should never be heard there ever, you know? So, and, and I know the one was definitely, Kamala Harris was aware of the one case uh, also from that county. So, you know, you can't keep having the same corrupt system and the same corrupt people with, and refusing to take him out. I've been really leaning to on the sheriff in uh, Ulster County. He's a new sheriff uh, because uh, I'm like, back, I don't know, it was a while back, I had seen these international police, like a, a police group in New York. And I said, and I even, this is back when I was even talking to Kamala Harris's office when she was there. And I said, geez, I don't know how many international police are even operating. So I was saying, you need to even view, review all, you know, or review all the Ulta office for all these police, because who knows who these police are? Even local police, uh, sheriffs. And the sheriff's department was very broken down. You know, that's what I said. I said, when the sheriff's department's broken down and they all know you're not gonna do anything because you're being as crooked as them, you know, well then we're all just screwed. You know, and I mean, you can't have this operating like this anymore. So, so I've been giving him an earful too, and uh, saying, "Well, someone better, someone better find someone to arrest these people." You know, do I need a referral? You know? Yeah. So <laughs> it sounds like it. It sounds I, like I know. That sounds like none of them can think for themselves. That's right. I say, "Has anybody got any brains?" I mean, come on, people. <sighs> I go, I'm going on 17 years with this BS, you know, I've had it, you know, I'm just so done. It's not funny. <laughs> it's not funny at all. So, so I've been calling out for national security. Um, there's a general there, his name is Nakasone, uh, General Milley, um, you know, with the army. Um, and, uh, you know, so, you know, I think they really need to come clean on Cuomo and, you know, and I, I even said to the speaker, I said, maybe you are going to have to give up the gavel because he is tied into my case, um, tied to Cuomo, you know, besides a few others. So uh, I think everybody really realizes, at, at least with some of my statements, that they have a bigger problem and they got to start addressing something here because it just can't go on. And, you know, that's the thing. All these states have state sovereignty. So they could have been changing things for years. And even, I had looked back, I don't know when, last year sometime, and Cuomo, as the, the governor, and especially now that he had even better uh, executive powers, in essence, with COVID, you know, he could always bring in the National Guard to arrest people. Um, they have that, that right. And um, right now, I know a lot, of, a lot of the National Guard got, you know, called to, Washington DC with the insurrection and things of that nature. But um, you know, you can't, I mean, this is years just going on where they just refuse to arrest their own criminals. And maybe that comes down from the military. I don't know, because they know they got a big problem and they just let it get worse. I don't know. But um, you know, but something has to give here. Mm -hmm. You know, well, I, I was, you know. Oh, I was looking up the George Floyd. Um, that was in Minneapolis, Minnesota. But so it, says, it is Minneapolis. Okay. I, yeah, that's yeah, what I, I thought. Yeah. I sure. 
Then it says, Hennepin County Attorney Mike Freeman and members of his staff were disqualified from working on the criminal case against the four former Minneapolis police officers involved in the killing of George Floyd for what a judge called sloppy work, according to WCCO. Mm-hmm. It is. There was an interesting case in Chicago um, back, I don't know how many years now. I think I, I'm trying to think if it's called 22 shots i can't um, it's something like with the number 22 bullets 22 shots i can't remember exactly it's actually very it's an interesting story um it's about this man who uh he really wasn't doing he didn't look like to me he was really doing anything but one of these officers goes off and shoots him like 20 something times and kills him and of course he's a black man and they all want to of course, cover it up, you know, that's how it starts and everything. But luckily, some people, some actually some media actually do come out and start sharing more about this and everything. And Rahm Emanuel, he um, uh, was the head of Chicago, he was involved with Obama, and then he was the head of Chicago. But then he kind of helped push it along a little. And so they actually do convict this one cop in particular. But, um, and it was a big, big event. You know, but it just, it, it goes to show how much they're trying to cover up and it, it gets into a lot of that type of stuff. And then even here they give, the judge gives like, I think the, the jury gave a verdict of like life in jail or whatever. But then of course this judge comes out bringing it down to like, I forget, six years, whatever it was, you know, which really they shouldn't be doing either. If, if the jury, you know, made this determination, it shouldn't be changed, but um you know, but it was, but it's, but it was an interesting case. And I really, you know, feel that you can't prosecute these types of cases, you know, um, when they're from the same county, you have to have it done elsewhere with impartial people, you know, cause I know from my own experience dealing with a crooked DA, you know, I mean, I, you know, I've dealt with crooked everybody you can pretty much think of. And, you know, it's the worst of the worst. And uh, right now too, it's great. The innocent project, has been getting a lot of people off on uh, different charges, people in jail for years, like 20, Mm -hmm. 30 years. And they've been getting a lot of, you know, DNA evidence or whatever to get these people out of jail. And, you know, it's just, um, you know, such a terrible problem, you know, so you want to, you know, you need to have impartiality and fairness. And so you can, you know, have justice uh, instead of such corrupt circumstances. So, I mean, we really need some really serious change. Um, and uh, there was something I was going to say about Cuomo's office, too. Um, and, I, you know, to me, you know, he's built, you know, I've seen a quote by him about human life. And I go, how, you know, I think to myself, what is with these people? How can you say here, like, with, it was, this was tied originally with, uh, the nursing homes and COVID and all this, you know, that you're protecting human life here, but then over here, you're letting tons of people be brutalized and terrorized and die and everything. And you just turn your blind eye as if nothing's happening. And Kamala Harris is the exact same way. Uh, I mean, I was around her for, whoa, too many years and uh, know just how irresponsible they are. And even, just to make a change, like years ago, I think there was a group, the National Liberty Alliance, that went around to every court and state that they had to be abiding by the Constitution. 
and still they don't. And I mean, how hard is it to really bring in people to make sure it's being abided by? You know, I mean, it's, it's a really a no brainer. Uh, you know, it's, you know, to really monitor what's going on in the sports. I don't know if it's because they were so corrupt and they just didn't want to do it. I don't understand it really. Uh, I find it inexcusable. I think everyone so, just got lazy. Maybe, maybe they just lazy. got lazy. I don't know what it is, you know, but all I know is I'm done with the whole thing. I, 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 so I just really hope they rip Cuomo out of there. And he really could be brought up on numerous types of charges. And I actually, when I am taking this up with the legislature and that, I am taking it up with a lot of New York media, you know, and I even put CNN, I put on MSNBC, even though I know they do nothing, and Fox News, which they, actually the New York Post has been really ripping Cuomo. And, um, and that's part of, they're owned by Fox News, Rupert Murdoch's group. And uh, so they are doing that, but Janice Dean works for them. So they are at least coming out on that, but still lots, you know, it's the normal cover up, it still goes on. And uh, so I am putting a lot of those media in there just to document it with everybody um, as uh, part of my statement that I make. And my stuff, they've all covered up for years. And you know, and that's what I say is, who in all your offices there are bar, international bar attorneys, bar attorneys, is the American Bar Association, is it truly American or is it usurped British, you know? I mean, who knows who these people are? You really don't know. And uh, so I'm hoping that there's gonna be some real credence here that they have to really start changing their oaths of office or the military will come in or national security or somebody um, that this really needs to, it really is a serious issue. And, um, you know, because, you know, we're all paying the price, you know, these, these courts make, you know, I know California, the courts make, I don't know how many billions of dollars a year, you know, what, from what? and robbing people, you know, pretty much. The other day, actually, uh, there's a, an attorney from Los Angeles. He was, uh, his wife was on one of the shows for, uh, what is it, uh, um, Hollywood Wives or one of those types of shows. His name is Tom Giardi. And he was a, uh, an attorney. And I think right now they're making that he's mentally incompetent to some degree or whatever. But there was a story on uh, in the LA Times, and it was it was bringing up actually what I had brought up with you about the escape bar of California, how they have these like fifteen thousand complaints a year. But he, how he got away with a lot of stuff with the state bar, and he was you know brought in there a variety of times. But you know they never you know. Um, made that he did anything wrong, but there's actually more coming out about him actually. And I thought that was interesting because uh, they're very, they are to me. And it said that, that people are unhappy. I said, they're not unhappy. They're being brutalized, terrorized, robbed, you know, whatever is going on there. It's mm -hmm. not just like we're unhappy. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> you know? That's not the issue. That's not the issue at all. So, uh, and um, and I am going to just bring up uh, briefly because I am bringing I, I I've had these unusual things go on with the military, and uh, since we are talking about sexual you know assault charges, or, or sexual uh, you know not necessarily assault but uh, I don't know how the charges would be with Cuomo, but 
had gotten lured in an unusual way with another military general um, to a situation actually in uh, Colorado with the Air Force Academy tied to rape uh, and cover-ups with rape in the military. And uh, so, you know, there are really serious issues going on, even in the military, which I think they really need to face up themselves uh, and address, you know, because that is serious issues. And, uh, you know, so, you know, there are lots of problems out there, that's for sure. So. Yeah, and how do we how do we even get them fixed? Because, you know, we have parents saying, well, you know, we've wrote letters to the legislator, we've written to our congressman and nothing's happening. That's yeah, well that's that's the no jurisdictional jackass response. That's what I told them. I said, you better stop being no jurisdictional jackasses for Britain or whoever, you know. Uh, because really, I mean let's face I said this is ridiculous this is going on like this. And and no one takes any responsibility. No, I don't know if those people, you know, how many of them really even really realize that. If that, you know, I would think if I was in a legislature position or Congress or whatever, and people were coming to me, and you're just saying that, you have to question your to yourself. You know, why am I saying that? What is the real reason? It's just I have a firewall to the to the the, the judicial branch. Well, why is there you know a judicial branch if people are coming to me with complaints? I remember years ago, I, and I brought her up, you know, Congresswoman Jackie Spears in the last show. Uh, and one time when uh, she, she had, a, I wanted a personal meeting with her and uh, this Congresswoman Anna Eshoo, and she had a, a person call me from her office and she's like, oh no, they won't meet with you. There's a firewall. And I said, firewall? I said, I said, let me tell you, lady, there's like serious mafia or something going on in this court. I mean, there's serious problems here. You know, it needs somebody to look at. And even, it's funny, I had gone on my, uh, my case file and there was, a, a, you, know, they, you know, they have titles for different filings and it had one to this Attorney General Michael McKaysey saying, investigate this court, you know? And I said, yeah, and there's one for Nancy Pelosi too. And so I said, oh, isn't this, you know, interesting that they were on there, you know, because I, you know, I hadn't looked at that in years. But, um, but I know also in the New York Grievance Committee, when I went there, they were inoperable. And there was an inspector there at the time. His name was Trepidino. And uh, he ended up, I said to him, because I got a letter from him and uh, an attorney, Thomas C. Emerson, and I, and I put on, I was writing to McKaysey, another one of your garbage agencies, McKaysey, another one that was inoperable. And uh, Trepidino, when I went back there later on, I was like, I go, my identity's being altered to this car judgment. <laughs> and he said, oh, well, that's okay. As long as it's not your attorney, it's okay to do it. And I, and I cursed at him. I said, what? what? <laughs> and I said, you gotta be kidding me. Like, this is what, like, they say this to you, like, you should just believe it. You know, I'm like, no, no one should be altering my identity whatsoever. You know, and, but this is the, the mentality of these people. Like it should be normal. So it just shows how many people's identities are probably altered. And, uh, and in the state of New York, 
uh, I asked, I don't remember who it was, but I asked, I, it may have been Layla, uh, the Assemblyman Layla, um, I said, you should find out who created the non-judicial foreclosure process in New York, and I don't know how many states had that, but, you know, that was really a violation of due process right there by not allowing it. So that was a Fifth Amendment rights violation right there, not having that. Um, so they could just steal easier. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so, I mean, a lot of this has been covered up by the legislature, the judiciary, the Senate, everything. So they're, they're very much big part of what's gone on here, besides our Congress people and senators in DC. Uh, so uh, it's just really, it's a real travesty for lots of American families, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, so we need national security. And you have to always have, you know, our country being watched over for these us usurpation. Um, you know, <laughs> the what we've experienced here. And uh, so I hope those generals, I, <laughs> they get the message. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> that we need somebody coming in here. Because uh, I know the, the military is still hanging around in Washington, aren't they? Did, yes, they are. They're still yeah, because there. Because they didn't leave. They didn't leave yet. No. That's well, Trump never, Trump never conceded anyway. And, you know, I, um, you know, I mean, they had, there was the rumor that he was going to be in for March 4th and take over and that they bankrupted the, uh, you know, U.S. corporation. And I hope they did, um, you know, to restore the Republic. And, uh, you know, that's what really needs to be restored here. And I found it interesting um, that this whole interview came up with Meghan Markle and, and the Prince Harry, because I hear, I, I was saying, I was saying the monarchy needs to be dissolved. And, uh, and so it was interesting how that whole thing just happened to transpire at the same time. Uh, and, it, you know, and I don't think, you know, I don't, I know there's been a lot of controversy over it. Uh, I didn't watch it. But, uh, you know, just because I have no interest. But, you know, it, it, I did see a story, though. I thought this was interesting. Um, I'm, and and I'm, I happen to be watching right now. It's actually really good. It's a show called The Outlander. I don't know if you ever oh, heard Oh, yeah, it. I read the book. Yeah. You read the book? It's it actually was a really series. good. Yeah. It's a series. And it's really good. And it's all about, you know, the British and Scottish, you know, the fight that goes on there. And, you know, if you look at war, the wars that have gone on between Scotland and Britain, Britain, I mean, they're for centuries. I mean, they go far back, you know, Ireland, the Welsh. I'm actually Welsh, you know, so Me you know, too. No, no one has ever liked the Brit. Are you really? That's yeah, <laughs> I'm part Welsh. Oh, we're both Welsh, huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm part Welsh. Yeah, so that's cool. Part was me too. <laughs> so for years, Britain has always used, you know, invaded other countries, right? And everyone always wants them out. But I did see a guy who had been in Australia, and he, you know, of course, Britain owns Australia, and he was talking about too something about how he had wanted to, he had taken up things to get Britain out of Australia. And so I'm like, yeah, a lot of people don't want Britain in their country. And I know us as Americans, we don't want Britain in our country, you know, so, and, but they're definitely in here besides oh, a lot yes. of other usurpers, you know, so how many wars have gone on? And, and one of the things I was saying too, you know, I don't know if you saw this last speech by uh, President Trump, 
um, at CPAC, but he was speaking about, you know, how all these countries want money and they're giving money. And that's part of the Federal Reserve um, nonsense that they do, because really all these other countries should just be printing their own money. But for years they've been doing that. And, you know, the Federal Reserve needs to be gone too. And we have our own um, banking system. But, you know, with, with uh, the military, uh, it was interesting, the uh, website for uh, national security, uh, I, it was another thing that just happened to coincide where I'm talking about the British. Um, it was on their website, they had up uh, an anniversary, I think it was uh, 75 years of, um, you know, Britain as, uh, as an ally, in essence, from World War, I don't know if it was one or two, I don't remember which one it was, it stated. But, um, you know, and I was saying how, yeah, I could see, you know, you're, you know, as an ally, you want to keep your allies, but really how much is British, the usurpation that really created Iraq and Afghanistan, um, because a lot of that was for British oil and, you know, between the poppies and the banking systems in these countries, because there's only a few countries that don't have, you know, they take down, they were building the new world order, you know, so you want to have the banking system in place. So how much of that transpires in part from Britain or, um, I know when Obama came in office, he removed a lot of military generals, actually. He did do that. Um, so, I, you know, I don't really know all the reasons why, but, um, you know, the military has failed us in lots of ways too. And I think that's something that they have to accept and admit uh, because we have a lot of serious problems here. And, um, you know, so, you know, we, and we need to have some sort of, um, you know, some sort of restoration here of everything that has gone on. And, even, you know, to me, all these courts need to be shut. I would get the cases that are there. I think they should bring in like law students because you don't know who's in a corrupt attorney or what, you know, or unless they've somehow been tracking somehow behind the scenes, I don't know, but like to have law students come in maybe and then help try and get every case settled to get all these people out of these courts because they're in there for years. And then all the other cases like yours, mine, you know, they, hopefully mine's been being looked at for years already anyway. But, you know, to settle these cases and uh, let's all move on in life, you know, uh, instead of this tyranny and inhumanity and, you know, and, and that saying there's no peace, um, there's no just, wait, no, there's no, uh, when the, no peace, when there's no justice, you know, mm -hmm. the, it's very mm -hmm. true. There is no peace. Mm -hmm. uh, and more people know everything is corrupt and they just don't realize the extent of it. As people, I think the court people, people who are court victims know more than anybody. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, unless you've gone through it, the, these people don't understand and they're just going on living their lives. God bless them. But if something should happen, um, you know, it can just turn your world upside down. Oh, totally. I mean, I can't believe what I've, what I've lived through is like fighting my a war. I mean, it, it's like, oh my God, I can't believe all the things I've went through. And I'm exhausted at this point. I don't want to keep having to fight this stuff. I, I just want to see it be resolved. And I'd rather see the military come in and shut everything down and, and, and shut all these bar associations down too. 
I, I, I think they have to be, I, I think that I said I would shut everything with anything that would like the association or commission and just shut them because they're usually inoperable and who knows what they're doing um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, just stealing money or whatever. I think, I think attorneys or lawyers need to just be like sole proprietors. Maybe they register with the state, you know, so you don't ever have something like this happening again with this bar attorney stuff, you know. And that along with the uh, Association of Family and Conciliation Courts, they've got their hands in everything as well from what I'm hearing. I never heard of them. Yeah, I mean, I just have been not eh, kind of recently learning about the AFCC, and um, uh-huh. it doesn't sound good to me. So <laughs> I've seen the, the initials AFCC, but you know, I don't look at most stuff like because I know it's a waste. You know, there, there's there's more things that I've gone to over the years, and I know generally it's a waste. Even the whistleblower. You know, it, it's so funny. I've avoided whistleblower groups for years. And I've tried contacting because I've had some, um, I think it's called Queen Tom or something like that, mm-hmm. like to t- tie into some of the organized crime, like with Hurricane Sandy and things. And I've contacted mm-hmm. attorneys, even for that. No one ever has an interest in it. No one wants to go near it. And um, uh, it ended up um, when Kamala... <laughs> I said, when when Kamala Harris was running here uh, with Biden, I said, you know what? I'm going to go into one of these whistleblower groups, finally. Because anything that has an international presence, I usually just won't even bother. Um, But uh, so I ended up writing one of these whistleblower groups. And I knew they weren't going to do anything. But I said, you know what? I'm going to do it just for fun. (laughs) Amuse myself. And they actually... It took them a little bit and they did respond, but basically they weren't going to touch it or go near it, you know? And, uh, <laughs> so, so I thought that was, you know, typical, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, cause really most, most things don't work. <laughs> and one of the things I'm going to mention is one of the things I was saying to the, um, I, there were a few points I made for, for national security was speaking about, I said, I could probably count constitutional attorneys on my hands, you know, and uh, the first constitutional attorney I ever encountered was um, Robert Levy at the Cato Institute. Now, this is back, I don't know, 2006, 2007, somewhere like that, and uh, and he, he and I would chat, and I said, there's a serious problem going on, you know, and, um, and uh, he, so he was their constitutionalist. And he told me, he's like, you should read this book, The Common Law by Oliver Wendell Holmes. But it ended up, I was always just so busy with my case that I never read the book. And it probably is stolen now, you know, with all my belongings. <laughs> but oh, no. uh, so, so that was one. Then there's Jonathan Turley, who will make himself on some news media be, you know, he's a constitutional expert. And I, for years, had him involved with some of my writings and different things and you know you never hear from him okay so that's number two (laughs) then there was elizabeth foley who was also had a tie into um she has a i think another name i think she had elizabeth it may have another name elizabeth foley um she may have another name tied in with it um and she also had a tie into cato institute 
and the Koch brothers own Cato Institute. So the Koch brothers, I took up stuff with them too, and they never wanted to be involved either. They never wanted to be involved. And, um, and then there's a good old, of course, President Barack Obama, who's the constitutional attorney, but you know, he won't even meet with court crime victims. So, so much for him, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and actually, Eric Holder, who happened to come into office with him as the attorney general, he actually did, at one point, was taking up common law. And I said, oh, that's a good sign. You know, it's a good sign. But then what happens there? He does nothing and he's gone out the door, right? So, um, and there is maybe another constitutional attorney Actually, John Eastman, he, he was one um, who got a little flack here with Trump, and he took up the thing with Kamala Harris, and I did go with, to him trying to get him to file a lawsuit with me on Harris, but he wouldn't. And it's very funny because there's another woman, uh, I don't remember if she necessarily puts herself as a constitutional attorney, but she was doing something around elections or whatever, and her name is Cleta Mitchell, uh, attorney Cleta Mitchell. And actually she was involved with trump um on there was a call that he was on a phone call with like a georgia someone heading georgia and um and you know people were all upset you know about the whole thing and so her law firm was like didn't want her eastman everyone was trying to dump eastman you know they all were and even rudy giuliani he was being bashed and and what was his name um the other one, uh, um, who's a Trump, uh, Trump guy, you know, but, um, but Eastman is a constitutional attorney too. So, and, and this may be another one or two that I've contacted over the years, but no one else would touch anything, you know? So I say, well, so much for a constitutional attorney, you know, because there well, aren't too many. Well, do even, even any attorney, if you go to them with a question, you know, just asking them, you know, um, something you know you might call and they'll answer the phone and you'll tell them your problem and i and then they'll say right in, in the middle i don't handle this click <laughs> <laughs> I <know. Okay. laughs> no I attorneys don't, don't want to know you <laughs> no <laughs> you have a, a corrupt situation the only way they usually get involved is if they're corrupt and they figure they can rob you of something you know but most don't get involved and so finding an attorney for something very corrupt is very very difficult mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. uh so so you have to question why you know <laughs> and right. the media, you gotta you have to question that it has to be coming down from their bar attorneys you know that that's why they've kept away from the subject for years and cover it all up you know they're all mm -hmm. part of this this whole cover-up really everybody right everybody's involved yeah so uh, so oh. national security now national security yeah. now <laughs> general general milley and others <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll have to wait and see what happens you know i mean it's just the waiting around and waiting to see what happens and meanwhile you know through the courts families are going down the drain oh i know it's terrible and, especially the kids the kids are going down the drain followed by the parents you know it's just it's just a disgrace it really is it's terrible it really is terrible and uh you know 
I don't know. So I'm praying something here with Cuomo is really the takedown of, you know, more so than just over, you know, sexual allegations. Um, but it really is the turning point for Cuomo in his career. And, um, you know, there's so many other charges that can be filed on Governor Cuomo. Mm -hmm. It's time Andrew Cuomo is out of office and impeached in cuffs at the Gitmo to Cuomo. (laughs) So, and many, (laughs) and many. Well, I guess, you know, I've heard everyone is sick of him. So we'll see what happens there, too. And I wonder how long that will take. Yeah. Well, I know that's the thing, you know. I mean, it's like there's a lot more stuff going on than than the, just that. But, you know, I mean, you know, and I understand, you know, you know, Congressman Kim or Assemblyman Kim or any of these people, even with the sexual allegations, you know, I could see it could be traumatic to them and everything. And um, but really, the magnitude of what the severity of the issue is, is nothing compared to what's going on in the courts. And the you know it, you know it's really crimes against humanity big time and uh, you know we really need some uh, real help here and change fast fastly <laughs> that's right <laughs> Godspeed <laughs> right. I'm so, well I'm so glad you came back on the show and I'd like to have you back on again whenever you're ready to come back on. Thank you, Marianne. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I don't. I, I hope no, I didn't cut I'll you just off. Say my, um, I'll just say my book is and Justice for All, An American Illusion by Cheryl A. Kennedy. And that's online at Amazon or Barnes & Noble. And, um, you know, it's always a pleasure to see you, Marianne, and chat with you. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. And I'll have you back on in, you know, maybe a couple months or so when things, we'll see if things transpire. Yeah, we'll see what happens here with Cuomo. (laughs) Yeah. I hope, I hope we're in the mode for change. Well, your, our last podcast, I learned so much from you. And so this one too is very informative as well. Thank you. Sure. Okay. Slam the gavels of podcast to help public understand what really goes on in the family courtrooms that in turn perpetuate parental alienation. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. Please join us again with Cheryl and other guests in the future. Thank you, Cheryl. Thanks, Marianne. It's good seeing you. I good love the, you. I like the, ma- are we still on? Oh, yeah, we're, we're still on. We're on. Oh, well. <laughs> I was going to say, I love the Mac and Drango fruit. Oh, is that awesome? It's awesome. Go Starbucks. Yeah. Yes. We'll give Starbucks a plug. Yeah, definitely. I go there every day. This is bad. That is bad, Marianne. That is bad. Well, I got to get those bonus stars. It's all about the bonus stars. Oh, really? I used to go there years ago. Well, I will let you go and not suck up your evening. <laughs> okay. Thank you. you. Take care. Thanks for having me on your show. Okay.